Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Adam Pedersen here, one half of the Making Mems podcast on the Iowa Everywhere Network, and my beautiful co-host, the name that you all know, Mr. Jordan Bohannon is also here. We're coming to you from the Channel Seed Studios full of technical difficulties. One guarantee we can give you, Channel Seed will handle any difficulties you have with grace. But we personally are having our own technical difficulties here on the Making Mems podcast. Jaybo, how you doing, buddy? I'm not gonna lie, Adam. I've I've been in better spirits than the last 20 minutes. <laughs> what I've just dealt with. Twitter has completely, just absolutely railroaded Jordan in the last 15, 20 minutes. I'm at a crossroads, dude. Like, how did that happen so fast? It happened so quickly. I just got out. <laughs> If anyone's listening, I, I'm praying that you don't get any, I don't even know. In the next and, 24 hours, people, if you get anything suspicious from J-Bo, uh, maybe an invite to like his family Christmas, just pause, Do double check your facts, make sure it's real. Um, some offshore person is trying to potentially hack his, his ex, as we now call it. The worst part, the worst part too, is I've never been hacked before. I'm not saying I'm been I'm being hacked. Maybe they're just preventing some login issues. But mm-hmm. I mean, that was within two seconds, dude. I just got just absolutely. I can't even. I I don't even. I don't even have the words yep. to explain my feelings. I wish I were there right now to give you a big old bear hug. And oh, tell I just you got another message. Be okay. Oh, here we go. You'll need to wait before trying to log in again. Some blocks are removed automatically. So I'm blocked from my own account. I got blocked from my own account. <laughs> well, much like you once blocked me. Yeah. You must think you're being a real turd to yourself. Block are you, yourself. Maybe you're the one that hacked me. Is this, this, is unbelievable. Is this my revenge? Adam's revenge. <laughs> someone, If someone can tell, tell me how to figure that out. Look at that. Yeah, I don't. It makes no sense to me how you can be blocked from yourself, but a <sighs> lot, a lot of confusion happens on social media nowadays. I'm very, very sorry that you're going through this. Um, brought to you live from the channel seed studios, the making Mems distress filled podcast. And, and on top of it, my the brand new microphone I got, it just doesn't, 
<laughs> and you're trying to figure out your chair when we started the oh show. My, yeah, the chair too. <laughs> Why can't it's like it's like the new vehicles nowadays? They got cameras everywhere and buttons for this, buttons for that. Why can't you just get in and manually turn on your AC and manually pull a lever down to put it into drive? It was simpler times, I tell you. It was simpler times. Technology has gone too far. See, now I'm afraid I'm looking like Instagram. Is my Instagram okay? Like, I don't even care about logging in. That's the problem. Like, I don't care about that because I don't tweet as much <laughs> as I used to. I'm more worried about what might get tweeted. That's yeah. <laughs> that's well, all I'm scared sure. about. I I have um one. I don't know, one one hundredth of the followers you have. I don't even think that. But I'll make sure to let my audience know if you get something fishy, it's not him. I've been so good about this too, dude. I've never have had this happen. I'm getting another call. The second call in a matter of 10 minutes from West Jefferson, Ohio. <laughs> I feel like someone can see that you and me are on a computer right now. You've been hacked. They're trying to get a hold of me for some kind of ransom that's going on here. I'm not picking up West Jefferson. I don't trust you. This reminds me, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but uh, Joe Wieskamp's Instagram got hacked. It was probably, it was my last year at Iowa, and there's these guys that were from like Poland or some, some, <laughs> it was some shady country. And I'm not joking you, they're on Instagram Live, and I got on with them, and I was like, I was like threatening them and they're threatening me back. And I was like, once they threatened, threatened me back, I got off right away. I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I changed every single password I had that I ever have ever used on any kind of platform just because of what was happening. Anyone that remembers that that's listening to this knows what I'm talking about because that was one of the craziest moments of my life. Yeah. You don't want the Polish mafia showing up at your front door, ready to take you out of the knees. It was so, it was something shady going. Maybe they're making their revenge after what happened. These are the people. It could be they're playing the long game on you. Um, well, I'm sorry you're going through that. I don't want to, I don't want to rub it in, but I'm in a really good mood right now. Well, you, this is totally and your fault. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, the reason I'm in a great mood is because I got a fresh haircut today. Every two weeks, I go and I get me a fresh trim and a fresh fade. And my friends and people I know like tell me I'm wasting money getting a haircut every two weeks. But there's a lot of stuff they do buying $18 coffees every morning at coffee shops or spending way too much money on soda or takeout that I don't do. We all have our things. Mine's haircuts. Don't get after me. I spend 60 bucks a month on haircuts. Big deal. It's not that much. Isn't it kind of disrespectful if you wear a hat the day you get a haircut? Mm. I don't think my barber watches, but moving forward, I will remember this and I'll try to be better. You know what I mean, though. Like, yeah, it's let's a say slap in the might be a slap in the face. Yeah, if you're a barber, just think about it. you came in. Take it off. But you know what I mean, though. See, there we go. Now my hair is all smashed down. Oh well, it is what it is. Yeah, I just I don't know. If I was a barber, I'd be really irritated to see if I cut someone's hair and then they wear a hat out the door. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going hatless. I put my hat. Technically, I, I waited to get in my truck to put my hat on, but mm. that was rude of me. Jaime, I'm sorry, sorry buddy. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> you had some thoughts that you wanted to share on all this Angel Reef saga that's going on. I That was quite the transition, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to segue it. Just right into it. 
<laughs> From pissed off technology to haircuts to angel wreaths. Wow. Yeah. No, on a, on a serious note, I'm glad we did transition to this because we could have talked about this last week, but yeah, it is a very interesting situation. Those that are following it, that are listening, I don't know how much, too much you've been following it, Adam, but um, the the situation is kind of bizarre. If you like, this is a star player, Angel Reese, that is a well known household name now after what happened last year with them winning the national title, especially in Iowa households because oh, yeah. what happened between her and Kaylin after the game and during the end of the game with that whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. But I do want to kind of applaud applaud how uh, LSU head coach has been handling it. Kim has All been right. Kim has been very 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 protective over what's been happening. And I've heard a lot of rumors with family members fighting on social media or in person. Yeah. I, I don't know crazy stuff. But I did see that. It's wild. Yeah, but how? Kim's been able to handle the situation. I don't know if you saw her interview. They asked her what they kept asking her. I don't. I think it was the same reporter that kept asking her uh, a few times in a row, day after day. But she keeps saying the same exact thing every single interview, and saying this is you know she's not she's not playing right now. She's a part of the basketball team, mm-hmm. and that's it. And that takes a lot of. I don't know. That takes a lot of leadership to not let that outside noise get as louder as it is right now, especially the yeah. team they have. So I don't know. I thought that was something that was really worth noting because I, as much as hate Kim has gotten for being the flashy and Southern mm-hmm. draw coach she is, I don't know. I, I appreciate, I always appreciate coaches sticking up for the players because that's, <clears throat> that's not, I don't know, man. I just see a lot of coaches digging on some players nowadays because of a lot of reasons, and you don't see a lot of coaches sticking off for players like that. Yeah. Uh, a couple things. I think it's a sign of first security in yourself and who you are. And also, I think probably the most mature coaches out there or anyone like like I do it like within like my youth group at my church I work with, when you work with young people, you have to remember that they are still maturing, growing up. I mean, a lot of them are just still teenagers. If they're 19 and playing for you, they might be 20, 21, but that's so young. Like they just haven't gone through a lot of the life stuff we've gone through a lot of the growing up, a lot of stuff that comes with adulthood. And so you have to, even if like one of your players is maybe behind the scenes lashing out at you, or maybe not respecting you the way you feel they should, for them to take the high road like that, I think it shows a sign of maturity about them understanding the difference between where they're at in life versus one of their players being young and not having experienced everything like I just mentioned. But um, obviously, you probably know a little bit more than than that uh, than me about that because of locker rooms and what you've witnessed at the highest level. But yeah, I think it's a sign of you know security and and a real sign of maturity if a coach can can do that. Well, it's just a lost art too. I think just tying into society as a whole, as people know in their own profession, respectfully in whatever workplace they work in or whatever workforce. I mean, loyalty is a huge trait that's just missing in a lot of society today. So mm-hmm. I always respect that when I see loyalty like that, because that means that they are having each other's backs no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if Angel Reese, there is some really 
you know, crappy stuff that's going on with her. Even if that's the case, the coach is still having her back because that's her player. And um, yeah. they're not, she's not going to let this become a bigger thing than it is. And people might argue even that it might be the opposite of what I'm saying. They might argue that she's making it a bigger deal by not saying what's going on. But I technically don't agree with that because if you're protecting your player at all costs, you're not going to say more than what's needed to know because she is right when she was saying in her interview that those that heard it that you know it's a this is a team and nothing outside the locker room is basically going to get outside the locker room and yeah you got to respect that especially from my perspective because i know so much that's happened through my career that never was ever left the locker room whether it was injury mm-hmm. or you know some stuff that was happening within the team or stuff that was happening between players and coaches like whatever it was. And it, it was always kept in the locker room because what loyalty. And I think sport mm-hmm. sports world, that loyalty, if you don't have loyalty within a sports team, then you're not, you're not going to be a successful team. Ultimately. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's the kind of insight that people need to hear and remember. And that's the kind of good stuff you're going to get on the making mems pod. Hmm. We're always making mems here, baby. We're always making mems. We're making mems. uh, We're making people more mature. um, And I'm going to use my examples of stupidity growing up to help other people learn how to be more mature and not do what I did. That's what you're going to get on making mems. Well, the great thing, too, is and not to make this all about me. I know I've talked a lot already this episode, but I mean... I've made my fair share of mistakes in my life. Yep. And I've always tried to be as transparent anytime I talk with, whether it's on a podcast or whether it was, you know, even your podcast, when you asked me to hop on with you, I've always been trying to be as transparent as I ever can be. I mean, obviously yeah. there's stuff I'm always going to keep private, but I don't know. I, I always find it more interesting and more rewarding and more i guess i want to be around more people that are like that because i feel like the more transparent you are the more you know not necessarily likable because some instances that's not true but i don't know i just find it way more unique and way more fun to be around those types of people because you get to really know them at a personal level and sure as you know it's it's hard to know people like that because some people just have egos in the way some people just have whatever it is to have that ever happen to anyone, let anyone in your lives to be able to know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, well said brother. I couldn't say it better myself. Well, I try to do what I can. <laughs> hey, uh, you want to know what a really cool company is? <laughs> Terraplex egg. I didn't I'm loving I'm loving these transitions right now. I'm just gonna let you flow. <laughs> Terraplex Ag is a really awesome company, and they are an awesome sponsor of this podcast and a partner of Iowa Everywhere. And a specialty of theirs is drones. Drones are big in the world now. They're awesome for photography, aerial footage of stadiums, getting that sweet alternating black and yellow when the Hawks are doing their alternating colors of a night game. I bet you could use an awesome Terraplex drone for that. And you can also use them for great work on the farm, applying uh, insecticide, applying foliar feeds late season on your corn, potentially putting on cover crop. Um, So people go check them out. If you want to revolutionize your farm game and take things to the next level, you got to check out Terraplex ag. They will be able to help you out. And while we're talking about ag, 
I don't have a big thing for this week's Ag Minute, but I just wanted to mention, I'm sure people have been waiting on pins and needles. The cast on my calf got removed. And it was like when Forrest Gump lost the things on his legs and just took off running, the calf just went berserk, running all over the barn, couldn't contain itself. I turned it out in the pasture today, just took off sprinting out to the field, a bullet. So I'm happy for the calf. That's so adorable. That's so cute. It is funny. They like, they get an open space and they freak out for like 10 seconds. They jump around in circles. They kick their legs around. They don't know what to do with themselves. It's like when I see the mashed potatoes get set out at Thanksgiving, I'm like so excited. I don't know what to do. That's the calf just takes off sprinting. We never talked about that. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was awesome. So by the way, people check out Terraplex Ag. Thanksgiving was awesome. (laughs) I ate too much food. Uh, I played in Turkey Bowl 29. I don't know if I mentioned that on the last podcast. We do a thing uh, called... I, I don't know if you did or not. Well, this was the 29th year for the Turkey Bowl. My church puts it on. We get together at the football field in Elta, Iowa. Play. Uh, we pick teams and we play two-hand touch football. Have like a little tournament. Uh, it's a great time. Uh, I remember when I played in the first one. Uh, I think it was like Turkey Bowl 9 when I played in the first one, and I was one of the younger people. <sighs> now, unfortunately, I'm one of the older people that plays, but that's how it goes. That's how life works, but it's a great time. Uh, you burn a bunch of calories. You work things off so you don't feel as guilty when you eat food later. But Thanksgiving was great. Um, got together with the family, uh, played some games, ate great food, fun conversations, um, just all around a good time. Watch some Hawks, right? And we did watch the Hawks, yes, sir, which we will get to in a moment. How was I, yours? Uh, it was good. You know, I, I've always loved this time of year, even though I hate it. This makes sense. <laughs> I've I'm always a big fan. you're you're more of a warm weather guy than I am. Yeah. Well, I I, I don't mind cold weather, but if it's only for a period, I hate yeah. how it's four months long. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I can't stand it. Sometimes but, five or six, depending on how much of a budhead right, the right. weather well, wants to be. That's the problem. If we had a solid three-month stretch where it was just like how it is, I'd be completely fine with it. The mm-hmm. problem is I get pissed off when it goes into mid-May. Or if it goes, it doesn't get 70s until beginning of June. Uh-huh. Or it starts snowing. Here's the thing. It was... <laughs> It went, what was it? When was the last home game at Iowa? Was it two weeks ago, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah, a week two and a half ago, ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. So like, let's let's call it eight nine days. It was nice. It was like seventy degrees. It's beautiful. I, I think midday. It was seventy degrees, and then I look out my window yesterday morning, and there's four inches of snow on the ground, and my car <laughs> is frozen shut. After a week, tough break. I know everyone's gonna say, "Oh, he's not a true Iowa boy." Bullshit! I'm the I'm the most Iowa boy you ever meet. Don't I don't want to hear that. <laughs> and if anyone wants to say I'm not Midwest tough, then bullshit. All right, <laughs> no, don't fight me. <laughs> but oh my gosh, dude, that's what I hate. That, that's what I mean by I love this year, the part of the year, but I also hate it because what's in store for these next four months? Pure misery. Ooh, it's gonna be chilly. It's yeah, be real chilly. I tell you what. Um, full disclosure: 
sometimes in the morning when I want to get a real good jump on the day and I go out and start my truck when it's dark, I want to get to the farm and start chores right when the sun's coming up. I will do a full sprint out of my apartment and only my undies to go start my truck and let it warm up in the middle of town in Elta. And let me tell you, when it's like negative two degrees, it's brisk if you're only underwear. So, well, that's like your cold plunge. It's not, it's about the same thing. People who do those, by the way, are actually psychos. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to change topics here, but people who actually do cold plunges, you guys need to get help. Like seriously, right now, I don't know what in your mind thinks that is, maybe it is beneficial for your health, but you, you guys worry me when I, so I see, I scroll on social media. I wish I could right now, but my Twitter is blocked. I guarantee you I would see, I'll see someone taking a cold plunge. I don't know why I'm on that part of Twitter, but that's on my for you page all the time. Get off my Twitter page. It's the last thing I'll say. Cold plunge. All right. Yeah. Hey, uh, Friedrich and Poland. We get it. You don't like Jordan. Get off of his ex. Thank you. Hopefully I'll have my ex here soon, but that's so Uh, weird to say. Don't you think that's weird to say ex now? Like it's so stupid. Elon. Why? Twitter's a, global powerhouse brand everyone knows it it's just weird to say x even like say hey i'm gonna go get on x right now like that's just it's just people little, are like uh, what kind of stuff are you into i'm on i'm on x right now I, uh... <laughs> uh well speaking of thanksgiving the reason most people are probably here to hear us talk some hawk sports the Hawks have had a couple basketball games, a couple big basketball games uh, since we last spoke. Um, we'll hop into some basketball here, then we'll get to football in a little bit. But Thanksgiving Day, the Hawks had a big game against Oklahoma. You and I talked a lot about it uh, before Thanksgiving. Um, it did not go in our favor. Iowa looked a little sluggish, uh, just weren't hitting shots. Um before we get into it, I, I want to ask your opinion and get an answer from you. So you played, where all did you travel to for like some preseason tournaments? Oh, let's see. Freshman year, we went to Destin, Florida. Sophomore year, we went to Cayman Islands. Okay. Um, junior year, we went to New York City. Then that was, the next year was my hip surgery where did we go yeah. i don't Could know if we went anywhere that year Maui? oh we went to las vegas that's Ooh. when we played texas tech vegas my covid year we went that was home um we yep. had the hawkeye invitational tournament and then same thing that next year um, okay. we had the same the same type of tournament all right so, well i ask because I don't know if this plays any part at all. Um, when you travel to a warm location like that, winter's getting going here. You're with the boys. You're having fun with the guys. Is the first game, like, you're on a road trip like that, is it easy to lose focus and maybe start sluggish because you're potentially out having fun and doing some cool things? Does that play maybe at all into this Oklahoma game? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I, I don't want the, I don't want Iowa fans to take this the wrong way. Oh, he's bashing the <laughs> Iowa program. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you how it is because I played there enough more than anyone actually ever has played an Iowa basketball jersey. <laughs> if I know one thing on road trips, it is pure business. There is no okay. time. There is zero time to go out and about. There's zero time to go and have fun. There's a joke that 
my class. We went to the Cayman Islands my sophomore year, and we got to the hotel. And Cayman Islands is arguably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, mm-hmm. ever in my entire life. And we get to the hotel. We're on this white sand beach. The water's clear as can be, and we see. I'm gonna misspoke, misspeak on who the team were was. I know it was Louisiana Lafayette, and then there was South Dakota State, and they're out there jet skiing around, screaming, having fun, and laughing. And we're all just sitting there, and we're like, we look down at our phones, like we got film in five minutes, we gotta go. And then, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of how you said. So people that aren't familiar, you, you, there's a lot of watching film on road trips, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of time to go out and about and do what you want to do. There's actually zero zero time to do that. So yes and like, no. Yes and no is a long answer to that okay. question. You guys were like the sad puppy dog sitting outside in the rain, looking inside like, I want to go do that. That looks fun. What what it literally is, I'm not joking with you, that, that scene I just explained to you was the scene, I don't know if you've ever seen the Spongebob episode where Squidward's washing out his window from the top of his house <laughs> and he sees Spongebob and Patrick yes. running around. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we always <laughs> joke about that. That's what it was. Oh my gosh. All right. So, um, all right. So that probably didn't play much of a factor in this day. <laughs> um, Iowa... We made the same amount of threes. Both teams shot horrendously from three. Iowa went four of 23 from three, 17%. Not great. Um, Oklahoma overall made more shots. I don't, maybe it just comes down to they had a better shooting day because Iowa out rebounded Oklahoma a lot, especially on the O boards. Iowa had 15 O boards to Oklahoma six, but Oklahoma had more points in the paint, which threw me off a little bit because we had so many more rebounds. But I don't, I mean, does it just come down to that? Iowa had a bad shooting day. Is it that simple? Yes and no. I mean, they obviously shot the ball like crap. I mean, that's that's no yeah, that's no shocker there. Looking at the stats and anyone that watched the game, what what was a big area of concern was how many times Oklahoma got in the lane and was able mm-hmm. to score in the paint. And I mean, you can get all the offensive rebounds you want if you're not making anything. It's really not going to matter. And um. You know, again, they took a lot of mid-range shots. I don't know the, the exact percentages from the field they shot from twos, but I know they shot a decent amount of mid-range shots. They shot a decent amount of threes. And, you know, I, I keep touching on that. The, the less we can shoot mid-range shots throughout the season, the better, because this is the year we're not going to have guys that are going to score 25 or 30 in a game. We're going to have a lot of guys that score 10 to 20. And mm-hmm. The more guys we can have score 10 to 20, rather one guy scoring 25 or 30, that's the better the team's going to be this year. But, you know, the, I, I just remember the first half, the the freshmen were, were playing a little better than the starters. The starters didn't play too well. They weren't making shots. Didn't look mm-hmm. like there was a lot of energy or a lot of enthusiasm in the first half. So, I mean, it's just one of those games. Oklahoma's a really great team. Don't get me wrong. But that was a big game for them. If they were able to pull out a neutral site game and be a quad one win, I keep harping on it. Quad one wins are what gets you in the tournament. And how the Big Ten's been doing, the Big Ten has a lot of games that they have lost so far. They also have some games they've won too. Don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. they're going to have to stack up these non-conference wins for them to build their resume up. And the Seton Hall game, which I'm sure we'll touch on here in a second, that was a big, big step for them because if they would have went 0-2 coming out of San Diego – 
mm-hmm. is bad news, Billy Bears. They weren't, I don't think it's going to be looking good for NCAA tournament bid. So that Seton mm-hmm. Hall game was huge for their momentum going forward. Man, that was, that was, uh, that was a fun game to watch a bounce back Iowa. I mean, we shot 30% from three as a team against Seton Hall. So not horrible. Um, shot a lot of them, 27. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, once again, we cleaned up on the, on the offensive glass compared to, uh, compared to Seton Hall. So, uh, we had, uh, uh, or sorry, we had way less O boards than Seton Hall. We only had two to their 15, but I know we shot better locked down on the defense a little. Um, and yeah, that was a good bounce back. I, Iowa did look like they played a lot more aggressively against Seton Hall versus Oklahoma. Um, you know, rebounding still a concern. I love when uh, Dembele, I hope I'm saying his name right, Laji Dembele came in the game. That guy crashes the boards. He is an athletic, tall wing, crashes the boards. He's always in there mixing it up. And I think he kind of, when he came in there um, and started hitting those boards hard, uh, I did change the change the the tone a little bit because um, then the Hawks were out running, hitting some threes. Peyton got hot. Yeah, that was a good that was a good bounce back game against Seton Hall. Yeah, and I don't want to take any way away from that win because, like I said, that was a huge win for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna be honest here: Seton Hall might be a bottom feed of the Big <laughs> East this year. They looked absolutely horrible. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they were. I don't know if their lack of energy from the game before they played, but they looked like a really, really bad basketball team. So that's what I was saying. If they were gonna, if they're losing, if they're gonna lose that game, that would have been huge for them because I don't think Seton Hall is gonna be even close to a quad one. I think they're gonna struggle to even get in that late, late quad one territory for that win. So, hmm. um, but yeah, no, Seton Hall. The thing with Seton Hall, they have, they have a lot of athletes. That's why I was I was kind of worried again because the matchups were really really similar to Oklahoma. The only thing about Oklahoma is Oklahoma had some guys that can shoot the ball and they can get to the paint whenever they wanted. Seton Hall had a lot of guys that were just ballers. They just hooped, and um, if things weren't going their way, things were not not going to go their way heavily. That's what <laughs> Seton Hall is like this year. But if things are going really really well, like they did at the beginning of the first second half, like Seton Hall came back and cut it within two, three points, then they're ballers. They're just going to hoop and hoop and hoop until that energy goes all the way back down. And as you mm-hmm. see, when you play against those teams, if you if you kick them while they're down, Iowa should have went from up 16 to up 35. Mm-hmm. They, should have, they shouldn't have rolled over in the beginning of the second half because if they would have just kicked them while they're down and stepped on their throat, like Fran always talks about, you take that lead 16 to 35, there's no opportunity for that team to ever come in within yep. a few points at the middle of the second half. So um, that's just some some stuff I see just because I, I I know how those games play out. I've felt it. I've been yeah. in those games. So that was one of those games they should have ran away with that the minute the second half started. Yeah, dating back to, uh, you know, even when you played and a lot of, before you even with Fran, one thing I have always not- always noticed is that we come out really hot and really good in a lot of first halves. And I would I would like to see more of that, you know, really just let's just end it here. Let's just put them out of their misery to start the second half and just make them feel down and like it's over and they can't come back. Yeah. So hopefully well, more I of that will happen. That's what you need to do, though, with those, like those, those guys like I'm talking about, because you you can kind of just see even the typical fan. I know I've played a lot of games. I, I have a little, you know, more insight, I guess you could say. But mm-hmm. you can kind of feel like 
people that have watched Iowa basketball and watched a lot of college basketball, you can kind of see those teams that you just know that aren't going to go away if you just let them hang around. And if you don't let them hang around, they're never going to hang around. They're just those types of teams you watch. It's as simple as that sounds. That's literally how college basketball is. There's teams mm-hmm. that hang around. There's teams that don't. And Seton Hall is a team that's going to hang around if you let them. And look what happened. I mean, they made it within two points. So, yeah. I don't know. And Iowa can't afford these games like that. They mm-hmm. they gotta they gotta take advantage of when they're they have teams down like that. They have to go and go at them. They can't. I mean, they can't let, you know, the guy that I think it was Richmond or uh, whatever his name was on, on Seton Hall, came, they came at Tony Perkins the first four possessions and scored. Mm-hmm. They liked the matchup, and I think Fran switched the zone after that because they knew Seton Hall wasn't going to be able to shoot the ball. So that was, a, that was a big props to Fran for switching up defenses like he always is notorious to do. Sure. Yeah. Um, a bright spot from both games even i mean there wasn't many from oklahoma and it was a guy that we've talked about a couple of times here uh his defense is a lot better than his haircut it is mr owen freeman he's been playing uh he's been playing really good and he was you know he was kind of the the big bright spot of the oklahoma game and then seton hall too like he's such an athletic defender for a big guy and he grabs the boards hard he boxes out um Man, he got he got a couple blocks where I don't even know how he recovered and got a block on a guy, and I don't know. I'm really excited about his his future. He could be a really good spark off the bench now when he's a youngster. Um, I was trying to think of like post players in the past who had as much of a effect on defense. Like I remember back in the day, I think Eric Hansen was a really big post player on defense for us that's his name. I, I can't remember if i'm remembering his name you know what i should have done use the old google and figure it out before i got <laughs> on the air but uh yeah i think he's i he's a real bright spot i think he's just going to keep getting better as as it goes and uh when him and harding are in there together you can see the connection they have from high school like pick and pops together and pick and roll and how harding just knows where he's going to be and freeman pops to a spot where he knows harding is going to know he's at and um I like their chemistry, those two young guys together for sure. Well, that's huge too, because I was in that kind of similar position. I had guys that came in the Iowa class that were really good friends of mine, as as everyone knows. And you know, I had guys like Ryan and Cordell and Tyler Cook and Meishi. We were all really close, Riley Till. We all were really close when we came into Iowa. And that is huge when you're able to have a connection previously. Hmm. Because, you know, me, Ryan and Cordell, we played AU basketball together for no years so when you're able mm-hmm. to come into a team especially at a high power five conference like iowa is and you're able to come in with a guy that you are already familiar with that is so huge for not only your confidence but just chemistry wise on the team and you can see that in the court i mean they came in the creighton game and they weren't afraid of creighton you know a few weeks a couple weeks ago you know my favorite moment was when owen came in the game and he went out that he went right at the seven three guy or seven, two guy on Creighton and just mm-hmm. went right at him and scored on top of him. And I thought mm-hmm. that that's huge because that takes a lot for a freshman to have that confidence to go against a guy like that. in one of his first big 10 game or big first big time game as mm-hmm. an, a collegiate athlete. So I'm excited for the future, but as anyone knows what's future that is coming, there's going to be some growing pains and yep. everyone just has to, you know, settle down a little bit and just be prepared and know what what is those growing pains can turn into. And that can be a lot, a lot of great success down the road. You betcha. Yeah. Um, one more 
note I had from that Seton Hall game that I noticed. Uh, Josh Dix, who was a very exciting recruit coming out of high school. We all know he had a horrendous injury his senior year of high school. Um, when he he was playing a lot in the second half with the starters um, in place of Bowen, and things just looked really fluid and really smooth. He's got he's not as good a three point shooter as Peyton, but he's got a smooth shot. I think I, it looked like he really gave us like a good second option from the three point line out there. It looked like it spread some things out a bit. Um, things are just flowing better. He makes some really smart plays on defense that won't go in the stat sheet that I noticed, and like. I don't know. He just, he plays good mistake free ball while he's out there. I really liked what I saw out of him and that lineup together. Um, I mean, that could be a game by game thing where certain lineups will be looking better game by game, but I was, I was really pleased with what I saw out of Dix. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a really great second option there for shooting threes, especially he hit a couple and he's got a smooth, fast release. Well, that's something that McCaffrey, you can tell why he's playing him because he needs another shooter in there to help pay now. You look at mm-hmm. the lineup right now. I mean, you know, Patrick can shoot it. Tony can shoot it. Um, actually, Crockett can shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have guys that are capable of shooting threes. You know, DeSante is capable of shooting threes. But we don't have guys that are able, multiple guys like Crane did or like Oklahoma did. They had multiple guys that are able to shoot from three and make it and at a high clip. So that's something that I think coach is trying to find right now because mm-hmm. you can't win over 500 games or over 500 win percentage in the Big Ten this year by just relying on one guy to try to get you to seven, eight, nine threes in one game because that's what's gonna that's what it takes in the Big Ten. You have to make at least seven, eight, nine, ten threes in a game to be able to win 500 uh, over 500 percent of yeah. the games in the Big Ten. So, I mean, that's just little things I'm thinking of because I see that. And I think he wants to play Dix more, but he wants him to be more aggressive. He's able, he's capable of shooting the ball, but I think he's just a little hesitant right now. But yeah, he's he does a lot of little things, plays really great defense. Mm-hmm. So he's really intelligent when he's on the floor. He understands how to play the game. And I'm the first one to tell you, not everyone knows how to play the game at that level. Mm-hmm. As surprising that is. There's a lot of people that have no idea what the hell they're doing out there. And he's mm-hmm. the guy that you can tell that he knows all the plays. He knows where everyone should be. And Fran trusts him. And those three things are huge for having a guy like that come in and trust by the coach. Definitely. Does uh, This just came to my mind while you're talking. Are these early season games like this? Is this kind of like a, a almost like a feel-out moment for Fran and his assistant coaches to kind of – hone it down and maybe to a little more like main eight guys for the big 10 season. And then, you know, you still have a few guys who will get here and there. Is that, is a lot of that come to light in these early season games? Yes and no. I mean, I've always had the theory that coaches know who who they're going to play after the first day of practice in October, you know, summer's a little more of the feel out. You're going to be around the guys more. You're going to see how people play with each other. You're going to mix up a bunch of lineups every single day of practice. You're going to play every single day in open gym. Mm-hmm. Coaches are going to watch. They see how you, you know, interact with players. They're going to see what lineups work. And that's after, you know, summer. And I think once summer is done, you come back for fall after fall break. You know, you have a little bit more preseason stuff. And then you go right into basically the season in October for you know, you see what your real practices are like. And after mm-hmm. the first day, coach is going to know. I mean, it's no it's no set in stone by any means. Coach would always say, 
you know, the starting lineup isn't, uh, it's, it's not in your birth certificate. You're not entitled to anything. <laughs> Obviously, he had a little more different lingo in there, but you get the hint. So you can always change the lineup. Like he's been prone to do that. But after October, Coach knows who his guys are. He's going to play a set eight guys that are going to play the majority of the minutes. And then there's going to be two guys. He's going to always play a 10 man rotation, usually. Mm-hmm. And then those last two guys are going to come in. But the thing is, if those last two guys come in and they do really well, they could play 20 plus minutes. And then Mm -hmm. the top two guys in the five starting lineup might only play 15 minutes. It just depends on, you know, how lineups shake up and how games shake up. But he's going to know. He's going to know the set guys before the season starts. Okay, nice. Well, before the next time we chat, Iowa has a couple games Uh, this Wednesday. They will be playing North Florida on the 29th. And then Monday, December 4th, a big one. The first Big Ten game against who will presumably be the number one. They're currently number one, probably going to still be number one team in the country. The Purdue Fighting Matt Painters, the Boilermakers. This is going to be huge. I know Creighton was the first Big Ten game, but... Freshmen haven't played in a Big Ten arena yet. And what better... At Purdue, no joke. What better place? I'm telling you right now, I've played in a lot of arenas. Purdue is hands down the loudest, the most crazy, the the most psychotic environment you will ever be in in your entire <laughs> life. I don't care. Even the Big Ten tournament. Big Ten tournament was really loud. I would, Yeah, it might, might have been louder in the Big Ten tournament. But I'm yeah. just saying from an overall atmosphere, Purdue, Boilermakers are psychos. They are literally <laughs> psychos. The students are right on the bench. They're screaming your family's name, your brother's name, your ex-girlfriend's name. They're going to know everything about these guys. And I experienced it too my freshman year, and I almost shit my pants. So <laughs> They're oh, not going to get another. They're probably going to have Courtney Green as an official. Oh, probably, so, for sure. Yeah. Just how it's gonna work. Yeah. Um man, uh Zach Eady. I get I I get frustrated watching him. I feel like he gets the Michael Jordan treatment. There's a lot of times when I watch Purdue games where I feel like he's getting away with a lot of fouls. Maybe it's just because he's gigantic and it is what it is. Um geez Louise. Is it I mean, what's the key to beating Purdue? Is it do we just have to like decide we're gonna it's going to be threes. Do we try to score inside a bunch? I mean, is that a stupid game plan with a guy like Zach Eady down there? No, I mean, that's a great question. You're going to see, so what Purdue prides themselves in, there's a lot of defensive schemes they pride themselves in. They run a lot of offensive schemes. They call it swivel action. And a lot of it is a lot of misdirection screens to get up free their shooters. Their point guard makes a decision on the shooters open and passing the shooter. Um, but a lot of these screens that are for the shooters, which makes Purdue so good, you're going to put heav- heav- heavy pressure on the shooters because obviously you don't want open threes. But Matt Painter's offense is so good with this swivel action coming off screens and there's misdirection screens, double down screens. And then as those double down screens happen by Zach Eady, you're going to help off just a little bit and Zach Eady's going to spin right towards the basket and he's going to have a seal to be able to go mm-hmm. shoot a late up. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of like little details like that. Um, defensive end, the point guard from the from Purdue, he's going to pick up 
the ball handler 94 feet from the basket it's going to be a face guard the entire game it's going to be pressure you're going to slow down the iowa offense by doing that um so we need to have a lot of screens at the backcourt to be able to free up our point guard to get downhill to be able to get to the basket um you guys are going to notice when ball screens are going to when Iowa's going to run some ball screen action because they're going to have to to get Zach Eady away from the basket to be able to free up opportunities to the paint. And Zach Eady's going to play way back. You're going to see it. Yep. Zach Eady's going to play way back. We call it a, um, a shadow. He's going to shadow the paint, basically. So there's going to be hardly any help coming off the ball screen. So I don't want to see a lot of the guys that Iowa, we've been prone to do this, come off the ball screen and shoot a mid-range shot because that yeah. is a really hard that's gonna be a really tough shot which is what i've been saying we don't want to shoot those shots all year <laughs> yep but purdue wants you to shoot those that's why they play like they do so yeah. we got to be able to move the ball on offense motion offense if we don't, if you don't score in the first two seconds we got to score in the last two seconds it's going to have to be one of those games because mm -hmm. as you as people have seen purdue play if you if we don't do those two things they're gonna put up points in a hurry and they're gonna yeah. not let us score at all in the entire game Ah, oh, Purdue. Man, do I dislike them. Um, they got Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. Just a little pest out there. They remind me of Aaron Kraft, and they remind <laughs> me of Davison. And just, I'd love to see just a quote-unquote inadvertent elbow here and there to one of them, just to throw them off their game a little. I don't know. Maybe I'm not supposed to say that here on Iowa Everywhere. My apologies. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> you can guarantee you there's going to be elbows thrown by Purdue. That's just sure. Big Ten basketball. and it's just how all the Big Ten teams play. And guess what? Put my ref accountability minute up right now. <laughs> Those effers in the black and white will not call shit at Purdue. They won't <laughs> blow their whistle. And if they see a foul on Purdue, they're going to call it on Iowa. Just how it yeah. works. Murphy's Law, what you think is going to happen is going to be the complete opposite with the refs. Yep. So. Those those dumbasses in the black and right. Remember, I'm just talking about the college Big Ten officials right now. Yeah. I don't want the high school officials to yell at me. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> college Big Ten officials are pretty bad. College, yeah, they are horrible. They are terrible, and they deserve a lot of reform. Mm -hmm. Better word for it, a reform on their end. Mm -hmm. That's my ref accountability minute. <laughs> I love it. Um we need to get a. We need to get like some famous accountant on here to sponsor our accountability moment. Even though it's has nothing to do with numbers, the words are almost <laughs> the same. So one thing, uh, a little little alarming. Purdue's always got shooters. They do. Um, they make about one and a half more threes per game right now. They shoot eight percent better from three point than we do right now. I just hope that, man, if they just get a they hit a three get a turnover hit a three like if they go on an 8 run 9 run real quick because they're shooters that place will just be going nuts i hope our our guys can respond obviously we got you know a handful of guys who have played in some big moments like that in the past few years but they do shoot the three pretty well and it is concerning me a little i hope you know our guards can get out and guard we can fight through screens good we can um just defend the perimeter well because that's a way that i i see purdue potentially blowing it open and then if we you know we hedge too hard on the three they throw it down to Edie, who will go 16 of 19 for 40 points or something well you gotta get a lot of respect for Pay painter for what he's been able to 
I mean, it's just crazy the teams he's put together. I know they haven't had yeah. the success they've wanted in the past few years, but I mean, the talent they, I mean, Brandon Smith, there probably wasn't a lot. I don't know what his recruiting um, mm-hmm. side of his high school career was, but I mean, man, that, that, that kid's a diamond in the rough, how, how he has been able to be found and developed. I mean, he was great his freshman year, but yeah. look at him now. He's a lot stronger. He's a lot more efficient with the ball. He, you know, he's not making his freshman mistakes. He's understanding how to run the offense. I mean, Fletcher Lawyer is the same way. I mean, he's another year under his belt. He's able to shoot the three at a high clip. I mean, Purdue's just able to get these guys that just buy into the offense and the defensive end of, of things. And Matt Painter has just been notorious to find kids like that. And that's, as we talked about earlier, it's it's rare to find kids that know what the hell they're doing on the court. And right. that's why I respect Big Ten basketball so much, Adam, because a lot of these coaches, they just find kids that just buy into the program. I mean, yeah. You can make the argue with Kentucky, Dukes, the Kansas. There's a lot of transfers that happen. I mean, that's happening all over the place, but yep, they have places that buy in too as well. But I don't know. Just the Big Ten feels different. Like it feels like a, I don't know, more like a. I don't want to use the word family because I hate the word family in college basketball. But it just feels like they're they're they've built up their programs to run a certain way every single year, and you yep. know what to expect from each of these teams. Yeah. Uh, in the words of Vin Diesel, the Big Ten is like family. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but, I mean, uh, it, it's true, though. Like, you look at the teams that even Rutgers, I mean, new guys come in from Rutgers. They, I mean, they have the kid that's number zero on Rutgers. He looks just like Geo Baker. I'm like, dude, this is literally Geo <laughs> Baker number two. Like, where are you finding these kids? Yep. yep. Zach Eady, Isaac Haas. Isaac Haas was just a guy that just came in Purdue. I mean, yep. It's just by the way, Purdue does have another, I believe he's seven foot four commit. Mm -hmm. By the way, yep. Are you surprised though? No, not at all. Not one bit. Oh man. Well, uh, it's going to be a fun one. Hopefully, we can be on here Tuesday morning, hyped to the freaking gills, talking about an amazing Hawk win. Um, Who knows? I have a. While you were talking, completely forgot about this until you were talking. I have a Fran and Matt Painter story. Um, summer of 2022, I was in Kansas City for a trip with our church youth group. I'm a youth leader there, so I go on the trips. And uh, I get on the – and uh, there was some massive summer high school showcase going on same weekend in Kansas City. So there's D1 coaches everywhere in our hotel. Um, I had a nice conversation with Hubert Davis and the North Carolina coaches. Um, I went up to talk to Bob Huggins. The guy could not have been more of a dick. Um, <laughs> that doesn't brand, surprise me. <laughs> on brand. He did basically everything except slam me up against the, the desk and tell me to leave him alone. Um, but I'm hopping on the elevator one morning, and uh, I get on 20-something floor, whatever we are. It stops a few floors later. Oh, doors open up. Here comes Fran McCaffrey and Matt Painter. <laughs> They're so great go, friends. They were like just yucking it up, having a good time. And uh, and so I'm awkwardly standing in the back. I go, what up, fellas? And they like turn and look. I go, hey. I said, my name's Adam. I'm from Iowa. I'm a huge Hawkeye fan. And Matt Painter goes, geez, Fran, what'd you do to brainwash this guy? And then for the next <laughs> like eight floors down, me and Fran – He'll, he'll probably never remember this, have no idea who I am, but me and him just the whole way down. Like I talked crap to Matt Painter. I made fun of Purdue all the way down. And then they got off and Matt Painter was like, Hey, nice to meet you, man. Have a good one. And Fran gave me a go Hawks and 
off they went. <laughs> so random. Well, maybe we'll have we'll have Coach on here and we can share that story with him. Yeah, I bet he, he has a good memory. He's I'm not I'm not lying to you. He might remember. He is one of the most like he's like the greatest person to listen to for stories because he know he just remembers every single thing in the world about whatever's happened in his life. So maybe he does. Right on. Man, well, that'd be awesome if he remembered. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if he didn't because I'm sure he has a bajillion people come up to him all the time. One embarrassing moment I did have, though, at that hotel was Ole Miss's coach at one point, and Matt Painter and a couple other guys were all together, and I know who all the other ones were, and I saw the guy wearing the Ole Miss jacket, and I asked him if he was an assistant coach because I had no idea who he was, and he told me he was the head coach, and oh. I felt like I like inadvertently dissed him and embarrassed him, and I felt bad. Yeah, well, maybe he needed some humility. Maybe if he he, <laughs> if he has that big of an ego to be dissed by being an assistant coach, then whatever, buddy. <laughs> Give me a break. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. Um, man, how sick would it be if we beat Purdue? Let's hope that we can talk about a Purdue dub, an Iowa beating Purdue dub uh, on the next episode of Making Mems. Um, let's talk some football. The Hawks, dude. Talking about Monday night, Tuesday morning, dude. I would be on cloud nine, cloud twenty, cloud infinite if we pulled this off on Saturday. Can you imagine? I've been dying to talk about this. Oh, can you imagine if we get on and we're talking Iowa beating Purdue in basketball and Iowa winning the Big Ten of football? I. I'll paint my body and do this podcast shirtless. I'll just take one. Honestly, I would take one of them. Yeah. If oh man, I'll go full on black body paint with a giant yellow eye right on my big old belly. Not to put one over the other though. Like I would. I love. We want football. I, I love Iowa basketball to death. Don't get me wrong. I want them to win every game, but I have to put the Iowa football game. Yeah, it has to trump. This is the Big Ten title game, baby. I mean, dude. After everything that's happened, after yeah. everything that's happened. I mean, you, how can you not be a fan of this team, dude? Yeah. I mean, anyone, I get, you're going to have critiques of it. I mean, we all know those people like I'm, I'm, I critique all the time, just yep. how, how everyone is, but man, I'm so damn proud of those kids. That is so freaking cool. They were able to accomplish what they have this season. Yep. So starting cool. quarterback, two starting tight ends, starting center, your all world punt returner, gunner, cornerback out um geez two receivers vines i don't remember who else was out i mean the list goes on noah shannon not there like the list of starters is insane and i think i mean kf's culture it cannot be undervalued the culture that this football team has the culture that kf a lot of us complain about play calls and other stuff but has anyone in the country built and maintained a culture like this man. And I look to the post-game speeches in the locker room. Meter the kicker gets up. He had just had the most insane moment of his life. He says, I love you guys. I love being a part of this team. Let's go win one more in Indy. That's all he says. And then um, Frick, the linebacker who gets the interception. Can't remember his last name. He gets oh, up dude. and says, and they say, speech, speech. And he says, says what he said. And then they just all celebrate. It's no egos, not about themselves. It's about the team. It's about their teammates. That how KF has maintained this just team first culture is nuts. 
Well, I mean, you look at just the guy again, we go back to this again, the guys that they recruit, like there's guys that buy into the team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have a bunch of bad apples through the years. I and mean, we've seen that with what's happened on the off the field already. Yep. But man, dude, like there is just so much to be proud of of not only just the team, but just being an Iowa fan, like in general. Like what better kids to root for, honestly. Yeah. Like, is there anyone else you'd rather root for than kids that have literally just had dirt thrown on their name, on their team the entire year, year in and year? It's not just one year. Yeah, This has been a year in and year out thing for decades, someone some would argue. Yeah. And they've just, every single year, what have they done? They've shut out every single noise possible and they just went to work. Yeah, or is it the bad seasons? There always is. Whatever team you are. I mean, you look at Clemson, Clemson's not having... You know the year that they are notor- notorious to have in. I mean, just go down the line. There's years mm-hmm. like that all over football. Yeah, but every single year, man, they've just been true people you'd want to work, want to root for. I mean, yep. I don't, I don't know a better team to want to be a fan of than this year's team. No doubt. And I like. I'm not. I'm trying not to sound like a homer and be a suck up here because I've complained more than many people. But KF, man, I feel like. Is this is a prime example of how God chooses certain people to do certain things? Because my personality and my lack of sometimes self control, there's, I know in all my heart, a zero percent chance I could, I could coach like he does. I could do what he does because I'd want to clap back at people. I'd want to get mad, and he gets a little snippy here and there. But imagine the things he could say and the crap he takes and what he hears and how. Almost all of it just just goes right right over his head. He doesn't care. He's there for the guys in the locker room, the coaches in the locker room. There's no way I could be I could be as I don't know, humble's the word, or I could just have the the I don't care what you think demeanor. I'd probably be out there at some point I'd probably get mad and take my hat off and throw it at someone's face. And then well, it'd be national a, news. Well, he's just a leader at the end of the day. Like yeah. the the Teams he's put on the field, what he's done in the community. I mean, we talked about this the last two weeks. I mean, what he's mm-hmm. been able to do, just any anything about about Iowa. I mean, that's a leader right there. And look yep. at the coaches he's had come through. Bunch of leaders. I mean, make your argue. Yeah, there's a couple people here or there. Um, I mean, a lot of people are hating on Brian. Same thing. I mean, he's still a leader at the end of the day. He's put on a. He's part of a winning program. I don't. I yep. don't care what you say. He's he's been a leader. So. I don't know, man. I I'm excited for Saturday, but I'm nervous. Yeah, I don't know why. It's weird. Like same. I shouldn't be nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all nervous. We want it so bad. Well, I I want it. The thing is, I want it bad for the the kids on the field. That's who I want it. Because I've been in that those shoes, not Mm -hmm. on the cleats, but I've been in those shoes. I want. I know what they've been hearing all season, year mm-hmm. out, what they dealt with in the off season, crying after workouts. My body is so sore. I don't know if I can do this the next day. Mm-hmm. I, I know what that feels like. And to still have the optimism they have had, I mean, it's just, it is so freaking cool to see. Yep. Um, Man, <laughs> could it be anything more Nebraska to – get an interception have you know be in a great spot to go into field goal range 
And all within a matter of seconds, they get a pick, and then they throw a pick, and then they give up a long run, and then Iowa just kills their hopes and dreams of a bowl game with the field goal. I mean, that was just the most Nebraska ending in the last eight, nine years. The one the I saw a stat, I don't remember the numbers. It's like 49 losses in the last eight seasons of one possession games or less. Like 49? What? Are we surprised though? It's Nebraska. Come on. It's insane. My oh, I wish I wish I would have live streamed that last minute and 15 seconds because I'm not joking you. I was laughing hysterically at <laughs> when they picked the ball off and then the play when uh, Deacon went over and Neil at the middle of the field. I'm like, this is the greatest. They're, they're going to kick a field goal. They're going to win this game yeah. at the end of the buzzer. I was dying laughing because this is the most <laughs> Iowa football win yep. ever right there. Ever. Yep. And a little cherry on top. Uh, I bet the under mm. and uh, Iowa money line. And it looked like for sure the over was going to happen. And then somehow, like always, things just fall how they do. The under hits again. The all-time record lowest point total of all time, by the way, in Vegas history. Under hits. Iowa money line. And uh, not going to lie, Saturday, I collect, I, uh, or was it? Yeah, it was Friday. I collected a nice little uh, payday off of the Whoa. Friday college football games because of Iowa. Little parlay there. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was like 144 to one odds, and your boy hit it. I mean, what better <laughs> bet than to bet the under and money line for Iowa this year? Yep. And while you're betting, uh, make sure to use the Circus Sports Iowa app. Mm. Friendly little sponsor of Iowa everywhere. See, that was that was a good transition there. Yeah. I should I get like better at those. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kirk Ferentz, is there any way this man is not named Big Ten Coach of the Year? I think he should be both that and National Coach of the Year with what he's – and people will say, yeah, it was his own doing. Like, stop. He should be the Coach of the Year. I don't even think you can argue it. I mean, my thing is – we don't we don't have to play the video because we're having issues with the whole thing. But oh, I think my, I can pull it up if you want to try. My no, it's fine. My favorite right. thing is um, he keeps bringing up a spade is a spade. Yeah, because he know everyone knows how much bullshit that call was against Minnesota. Yep, and he keeps bringing it up, and he's not a coach to really dwell on the past. I mean, yeah, you can kind of tell. You can tell it has made him pissed. But this was a big deal because let's say they. I mean, they technically did win that game. Let's say they go out and beat Michigan. That's a 12-1 and record after winning the Big Ten title. Some that's would argue team. that's a playoff team right there. Yep. So some would argue, not to say we're going to put all our be- our eggs in one basket, say we could have, we if we lost Michigan well, if we won Minnesota and we won Michigan, then we had the chance. No, like this, that was a, that's going to end up, if, if Iowa ends up winning against Michigan, some would argue that ref should be in federal prison. And I'm not even joking. Like <laughs> sometimes I'm joking. This time I'm dead serious because that, that costs a playoff berth for a NCAA football team. Straight to jail. Like that, that I'm and I'm being dead serious because that's that's what I it technically could be right now. Mm-hmm. Ten and one going into or I said that wrong. Eleven eleven and one going into Oh, yeah, yeah. 11-1 going into the Big Ten title game. Yep. They're right there. 
should and probably be, like, ranked about 10th. Yeah, 8 to 10. Yep. At worst. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, that was a uh, gosh, it's hard to think about that. Um Gosh, I love when I have a brain fart and completely forget what I was going to say. I'm so old. Sorry, I went off. I, I had my ref accountability <laughs> minute and I already I, I, I did another uh, one. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yes, I know what I was going to say. Um, on Twitter, a college football account I follow, uh, not affiliated with Iowa, posted a montage video of since Cooper DeGene did that, like 14 punt returners doing the exact same thing returning the punt and not a single one being called oh, an illegal yeah. signal. This makes pathetic. me sick. And I don't know. I think Iowa State fans are starting to see how much bullshit it was because I haven't heard too much about the situation ever since any negative perception from any other team, I guess I should say, on social yeah. media. So I think people are starting to realize how bad that call really is as the weeks go on. Because the one thing real time, Adam, when we saw it and then we talked about it, it was one time that happening, but now as we see more games go on and now are seeing other teams do this exact same thing, mm-hmm. that's, that is literally federal prison written all over it. <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to see my friend Andy Dufresne. You said federal prison made me think of Shawshank. No. <laughs> Andy that's a great Dufresne. The great yeah, it is. Uh, Big Ten title game. Uh, pretty much everyone in the world says Hawks have no chance. And uh, I mean, if you watch a lot of Michigan and Iowa, I understand why they think that, but you got to be in the game to have a chance. Michigan's defensive coordinator came out today and said uh, with Cade McNamara, Eric all Luke Lachey out, we've been paying attention to Iowa. It's pretty obvious what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to own the line of scrimmage. And he said, he's very excited for the game plan. He's going to put together, um, AKA they're going to stuff the box. So I do think Iowa is going to have to come out and be able to pass. I do like the way we've been able to run the ball. If we can complete like some tight end boot, um, maybe a slant here and there, uh, find a tight end seam across the middle or a receiver on a little out route to the sideline and just get a few passes here and there and get some comfort going could open up the run game. Um, but we are, we're going to have to be able to pass. I think for sure. Yeah. Again, these games are so unpredictable as much as people want to decide. Like, there's so much on the line in this game. That's why I always hate talking about what's going to happen in a lot of these big time games. Like, basketball's a little different because these early season games, you can kind of tell who's going to win based off the first like 10 game, 10 minutes of a game. Yeah. But these like big 10, big time sports events like the Big Ten title game is, it's so hard to even know what's going to happen because there's so much adrenaline that happens in these games that you just have no idea at any given moment, I mean, what's going to come about in the next five minutes. Like yep. one little change of one big play just like that can change the whole tide of the game, just like you saw with the Nebraska game. I mean, that was technically a huge game for Nebraska, if you want to call it, because that was a bull berth, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I wish I was going. I, I, it's really kind of making me sad because I'm a huge fan of this year's team. I really am. Man, you and me both. I wish we were there. But you know what? They're going to make it again next year, and then we'll go then. How's that sound? I love that. And as we were talking right there, I just got uh, a notification from uh, Twitter. 
I'm, I'm back on, guys. Let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for the boy. I love it. I we love just it. need a little therapy session for the last hour and five minutes. He's That's back. It. Friedrich and Poland. Nice try, sucker. I was getting worried. Really worried. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, I think, is a perfect segue to take us out of here. J-Bo got his Twitter back. And while we're talking about, or X, I should say, while we're talking about social media, he got his X back, baby. Oof. That's a dirty pathway. I'm I'm hoping Carly's not listening to that one. (laughs) Carly, I don't know you. I love you. I think you're awesome. He didn't get his X back. Um, (laughs) Facebook, Instagram, X slash Twitter, TikTok. You can find Iowa everywhere on all that stuff. Subscribe and follow them. Also on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out. It's good content. Um, everyone knows what Jabo looks like, but if you don't know what I look like, check out the social medias um, and all that stuff. And you can find us on there and you can see me and my like eight hour old fresh fade haircut looking spicy. I'm just glad you got that hat taken off as we're ending yeah. here. I'm just, I'm just glad we decided to show off the haircut because Bro. that was a little, that was a little disrespectful. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jaime. Jaime. Oh, man. Jaime is his name. He's a, oh. let me tell you what. Wait, Jaime? Jaime. Huh. A, uh, J-A-I-M-E. Oh. Mexicans are great haircutters. They're the nicest salt of the earth people. We have, uh, Storm Lake is a very multicultural uh, part of the country. We have so many different cultures, and they're all just wonderful people. And Jaime is the man. We sit and just talk about food. Every haircut I get, I love food so much. It's all we talk about. He's the best. Guy's a great haircutter, too. Hell yeah. Uh, man, all right. So we got your, we got your socials back, which means um, you can tell people on social media that they need to follow me because we got to get me to 2,000 followers on X and 1,000 on Instagram if people want to see me dancing in a tutu and a white... Is it wife beater or white beater? I don't know if that's politically correct anymore. Should I just say... Yeah, I was listening to the last episode and I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I should have said that. We'll just say skimpy tank top. See, I've I've grown to learn whatever comes out of my mouth is... It's just, I mean, I very rarely do we have to delete things because what you what you guys get from me in my podcasting career is what you're gonna get mm-hmm. outside. Real, raw, <laughs> real. authentic. So I like that better, knowing that. All right, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but it wasn't wrong. So, all right, so you can see me dancing in a tutu and a knit tank top. If you if I get to two thousand, so like. Chris Hassel, he don't even know who I am. I think he knows I do a pod on the same network as him, but he thinks I'm a priest, um, according to former to other two guys named Chris Podcast. But that man, he needs to get people to follow me. You, Williams, if we can get this going, this could be the video that takes over the world and takes Iowa everywhere to the freaking moon. Let's keep and going. you know what? I'm probably full of myself, and it's not hap- not going to happen, but you got to try. Well, hey, we keep doing this. You keep doing a good job. You never know. Ah, yeah, buddy. All right. Let's hope next week we're talking Hawks, Big Ten champs in football, a huge win over Purdue, 
a lot of exciting things happening here for Iowa sports as we head into Jordan's favorite time of year, winter. <laughs> it's a great way to end it. Me in a depressing mood. <laughs> All right. We started depressed. We end depressed. Whether we're happy or sad, you know what, J-Bo? We're always going to make memes, buddy. We're always making memes. That was a great one. Oh, that yes, might be sir. our new outro right there. Yep. Whether we're depressed or not, we're always making memes. We're making memes. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> check out Terraplex Ag, Channel Seed, and the Iowa Event Center. We love you all. We'll catch you next time on uh, Iowa Everywhere. Peace. Iowa Everywhere.